KSI. It's time to break out. Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Is any of this making sense? Send me the email. Send me that email you've been wondering about, thinking about, wondering about sending in. It's time to bust out of this jail. It's time to bust out of this prison. I am going to be uh, talking about some some stuff, some deep stuff today, about breaking down the walls. And uh, I just want to reiterate that I'm not a counselor. I uh, just want to throw my disclaimer up again today. I am not a counselor. I am no way the guru of uh, sex addiction recovery. just want you to understand that. Just getting out of... Uh, Getting over this thing is is taking a, it's a process and uh, you know I was a year free from pornography back in October of uh, or was it November October no it was October of '05 was my first year and uh, you know I'm I'm coming around kicking porn was a big thing for me it was a, something that had haunted me most of my adult life and. You know, I'm just not, I'm working on this stuff and the emotional stuff that's tied to this thing is just, you know, I'm just not out of the whole dark on this. And I'm still working on it. I want you guys to understand that. And uh, thanks for sending your emails in. Thanks for your prayers. Just been working through some stuff. And some of that stuff I'm going to talk about on the show today. And I just, uh, I thank you guys for all your prayers, all your emails and, uh, Looking to have uh, Joe Dallas on again sometime towards the end of the month, maybe the beginning of next month. Waiting to hear back from him again. A lot of comments on that show. It was a great show. So, the walls. The walls of shame is what I want to talk about today. Breaking those walls of shame down. And I know I've talked about shame a lot on this show. What it is. How it keeps us in bondage. And I just want to break it down a little deeper, a little farther down today. So I'm going to unpeel the onion a little more for you today as far as who I am and what I do. Some of the stuff you may know and some of the stuff you may not know, but I don't think I've talked about what I'm going to talk about on today's show. So getting to know me a little more. You know, there's stuff that I keep behind the counter still. You know, I may be the honest guy talking about stuff, but to a certain degree, I have uh, kept some of this stuff in the dark. I've kept some of the stuff in the dark about me, about what's been going on, and some of this stuff, I honestly, I just did not remember. Some of this stuff just comes to me as it comes to me, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, hitting a new level of shame. What is shame, anyways? I have the uh, dictionaries out in front of me today. Shame, one of the uh, definitions from a college dictionary, is a painful sense of guilt or degradation caused by a consciousness of guilt or anything degrading, unworthy, or immodest. Webster's says... A painful sensation excited by the exposure of that which nature or modesty prompts us to conceal 
or by a consciousness of guilt or having done something which injures reputation, the cause or reason of shame, reproach, disgrace, contempt for shame. To make ashamed, to cause to feel shame, to cover with reproach, to be ashamed, it's just all about making you feel confused, bashful. It's the opposite of faith. When we are ashamed, when we're filled with shame, we lose a sense of faith. We have our faith is, is broken down to a certain degree. We do not come to God with our, in a spirit of brokenness if we hold on to our shame. Our shame is like the guy standing over us hitting us with a stick to make us feel worse about ourselves. And I, uh, been looking at this in a, in a different way from what's happened to me, and I'm going to talk today a little bit about, uh, sexual abuse. Um, I was sexually abused as a kid. I know that a lot of you listening to my voice are. Statistics say that uh, two out of three girls nowadays have been sexually abused. About half of young boys are, are sexually abused in our country, in our culture today. I mean, these are United States figures, but I, I assume that all over the world this kind of thing is taking place. Now with the... Uh, Pornography on the internet. Basically, there is no borders or boundaries on on pornography, which just fuels this kind of behavior. Um, I've talked about being uh, abused as a kid, but I never really talked about what that meant. I heard a, a Christian show by a woman named June Hunt does a uh, Christian radio show, and she was talking about about sexual abuse and people who are abused sexually and how that kind of shame seems to follow them all of their lives. Now, if you would have asked me before I was in recovery, if you would have asked me probably 10 years ago, 5 years ago, even when I started recovery, if I'd been sexually abused, I would have told you no. As a matter of fact, I did. I was in group. People said, you know, they're talking about sexual abuse, saying, wow, you know, that's horrible. I Lucky that never happened to me reason I said that was because I was kind of a willing participant in the in the acts that were um, imposed on me. I've always felt that sense of it was me that you know that engaged in it. I was not thrown down and raped, so I somehow signed up for it. That's just kind of what I felt as a kid. And I don't know if you're listening to my voice and you have something like that crawling around in the back of your head, in your spirit somewhere, that you're thinking, you know, you know, sure it was a, you know, it was just some innocent kids playing around. Well, how far does that go? You know, there's always everybody's, you know, done the whole, you show me yours, you show, you, I'll show you mine, you know, maybe with a little girl in your neighborhood, but, when does it go beyond that into sexual abuse? When is it something that is uh, that causes that monster of shame to ride you? Because I tell you, it has rode me most of my life. And something uh, June Hunt said on that show was was about that feeling like you have signed up for it. 
I also listen to uh, another podcast, which I want to uh, encourage you guys to download as well. It's called The Blazing Grace Show. If you go to uh, iTunes, look up Blazing Grace or look up Sex Addiction, and it's it's right on there. I challenge you to, to download those shows, listen to them. Uh, those guys talked about sexual abuse, too. They're all counselors, three guys. They're sex addiction counselors that do the show, and they talked about their their sex abuse, a couple of guys that are on the show. And the emotions that are tied to it when it happens to you are both excitement, this is exciting, uh, this is adventurous, and this is totally wrong. All that stuff goes through your mind when it's happening. Do you stop it? Maybe you don't stop it. Why? Because it's exciting. Because it's fun to a certain degree. And you're just, I was just a kid, man. I, I didn't really realize what this was doing, what, what I was going through. I did know at a certain level it was wrong, and that's kind of the memories that have been coming to my head now since I've been talking about it, since I've been getting emails from some of you, uh, just talking about this stuff and, and getting it out, working through my own emotions on how I feel and who I am, you know, just I've talked a lot about that on this show. Who am I, you know? Do you know me? You're letting people in to really know you, and when they get inside your spirit and they start to understand who you are a little bit and you start to l- bring down, you start to unpeel your onion to a certain extent, letting people know who you are, those things come to the surface. Some of the memories that I believe I repressed maybe are starting to come back to me. And when she said that, when I heard the guys on Blazing Grace talk about the the brain chemistry that's wrapped around when something like that happens to us, um, it helped me understand this sense of shame that I've carried around my whole life and has not just affected me in a sexual way, but it's affected a lot of my decision-making as a person, it has rocked me to the core of my my myself, my heart, my my image of me. And I I talk about you know self image a lot. You know I, it's not just a self image thing. The thing about sexual abuse, the thing about sex addiction, different than any other addiction, is that our private parts are attached to our hearts. They're attached to our hearts. They're attached to our souls. And we don't really realize that. Even when you're an adult and you're dealing with something that happened to you many, many years ago, maybe, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to bring it to the surface. I've kept that in in the back of me for so long. And then when somebody says something that touches a nerve... I just I just started crying, you know. I just started bawling. It's a couple of times over this last weekend going through stuff and and going through stuff with my wife and talking about some of this stuff with my mom, you know, that happened to me. My mom made, made a guesstimate, which I thought I was rounding maybe 11 or 12 when this stuff happened. Uh, she believes that I was probably around six. When this happened, she remembers uh, the babysitter incident and how, and I remember that, you know, it's coming, some of that stuff is coming back to me more clear, but that's the, the one, the one incident that has stuck with me in my mind 
where I was was raped. I was uh, I was coaxed into it. I was probably six years old. Never realized that. Never knew I was that young when it happened. But I always felt in my mind that I had signed up for that. That that was okay. You know that that was just something that uh, little kids do. That kids do. Uh, the guy that uh, the babysitter was probably a teenager. He was probably you know between uh, I don't know 15, 16 years old. And uh, he got me and, and his brother naked and basically, you know, kind of rode us, so to speak, had me on top of him. He was, uh, he was erect. I was excited. This was weird and fun. But, uh, yeah, you know, that happened to me. And more stuff happened years later. I grew up in... Uh, trailer park in Snohomish, Washington, the the white man's ghetto, so to speak, and, you know, other stuff happened there. And for me to talk about this, you know, I, I'm not trying to say poor me, I'm just trying to get you guys to understand that some of this stuff that you may have thought that you, you were participating in, that it was just innocent kid fun... This stuff makes scars on your heart. This other kid uh, in the trailer park, he uh, he did stuff with me and some of the other kids in the neighborhood. And not only that, but he told us, you know, he would tell us not to tell. Let's not tell anybody. Let's make sure that you know this kind of stays between us because people are gonna people are gonna think you you guys are weird. They're going to call you fags. They're going to call you a bunch of gay people and breaking stuff down. I remember wanting to talk to my mom about it. I remember not going by this guy's house. I remember not wanting to play with him as a kid, you know, wanting to go away from him and his brother. And they would pull us back in to it. But the main sense of the shame that I carried around was if your mom, you know, your folks find out they, they're not they're not even going to love you. That stuff was told to me as a kid and it, and it reverberated through my soul. This sense of shame, the sense of keeping things locked away, the sense of sexuality is dirty and wrong and sick and twisted and that good feeling that you get is to the core, to the root of you, wrong. God could never love you. I started to tell myself. I had my own inner voices. I could have told my mom and dad about what was going on, but I never did. Because he had me convinced that I was damaged goods, that I was, me and the other kids in the neighborhood were, were damaged goods. Just like the guy in Blazing Grace was talking about that movie Mystic River. I remember feeling like that, feeling like just damaged goods, like I am too disgusting and degraded and destroyed and just like I had just shit rubbed all over me. And that's how I felt. It was a it was a new level of shame and, and that shame not only is sexual, but it I just carried it through my, my adult life.
if I do things just right, if I just let everybody know that everything's okay, that I'm okay, then maybe they'll love me, even if I'm not okay. You know, I will I will show people that I will have this outward appearance to who I am, this outward mask, so to speak, that I would show the world that that you know Russ is Russ is all right. I'm doing all right. I'm a tough guy. Don't mess with me. You know what pissed me off about this when I would get into counseling and just over the weekend and stuff, and I'd talk about this stuff and I'd just freaking cry. Like a like a baby, man. I'd cry like a little kid. I'd cry. I got emotional. This is the first time I've talked about it in the last week where I haven't broke down crying. Not sure why that is, but... And it's just weird that it affects me that way. Why does something that happen when we're kids affect us in this way? Maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's because that our... You know... Our sexuality is tied to our hearts. It's tied to the core of who we are. And I want you to understand that if you've gone through this, if you're listening to my voice right now and you've gone through some of this stuff, and you thought that it was just some innocent kid fun, if you were, if you have any feelings of shame or regret or guilt or disgrace, God, I never told my parents... God won't love me. God loves the good children. That's what I was told in Sunday school. If you've gone through any of this, I would just challenge you to talk about it with somebody. Go to a counselor. You know, I would definitely go to a certified counselor to, to start to go through some of this stuff. Because it can follow you your whole life. And it can damage the way you look at yourself, the way God looks at you, the way you look at your own heart, the essence of who you are, your heart and your soul, this flesh intertwined with your own belief system of who you are. Maybe you were like me, maybe you thought, you know, I wasn't sexually abused, it was just some kids messing around, we were just kids goofing around. It was just innocent fun. But was it fun? Did it did it hurt you? Did it make you feel ashamed? Did it make you feel dirty? Did it make you feel sleazy? Did it make you feel sick? Did it make you feel like damaged goods? You're not damaged goods. You're not. Me saying that is helping me understand that I'm not damaged goods because I started believing I was it's that old thing creeping back into me that old vampire coming back you know you're sick sick little freaking kid my wife is here with me as I record this and, and we've been going through some stuff but She's been healing her own wounds of sexual abuse. She went through counseling and got this stuff out. And it was funny, when I was seeing my sex addiction counselor, she was seeing Alec, and she was talking about her sexual abuse. 
and how that happened to her and, and what had happened to her. And she said that Alex said, I wonder when Russ is going to come in and talk about his stuff. And I remember tears welling up in my eyes when I was driving after she said that. Not sure why. I had no, I wasn't sexually abused. I just wrote it off as just kids playing around. But it wasn't. It was tied to my heart. And some of this stuff, when we don't deal with it, and we're trying to figure out who we are, and we're trying to heal, it comes out as comes out as just bad striking kind of stuff and and I've injured my wife I've I've injured her by my withdrawal when I heard this show this woman talking about sexual abuse I have kind of been trying to hide away a little bit it 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 rocked me a little bit and my wife is with me here now and I just thank God for her God for her strength. She's got a lot more strength than I do. I didn't want to remember this stuff. I didn't want to deal with this stuff. I didn't want to pull all this stuff up. I still don't remember big chunks of it. Stuff kind of comes to me. And it's, it's stuff I blocked out because it was so shameful. I just felt so degraded. But I thank God for my wife, for her strength and strength of showing me that if she can do it I can do it you know we can heal together I love her tremendously she's the one telling me I'm not sick and I'm not damaged goods and I thank her for that sometimes I don't think I am that red lizard, that vampire comes to me and tells me how screwed up I am. Because ultimately, breaking down those walls of shame will bring you to a higher level of intimacy. You will be able to talk to your wife, your husband, your spouse. You'll be able to really get on an emotional level with your kids being emotionally available is a, is a new level of intimacy. And if you're carrying around something inside you that's telling you you are a dirty, twisted little freaking piece of garbage, if you have anything like that inside you that's rocking you to a level that you know you've been carrying around since you were a child, that you felt as a kid, if you felt that as a kid and you've never gotten over it, chances are it still haunts you to this day. You need to talk about it. You need to get it out in the open. Get it out there. You've got to fight that thing. You've got to get in and talk about it. You've got to understand that who you are, the core of your soul, is not bad or evil or wrong. It just needs to heal. We have to make a decision to heal. We have to choose to heal. And I say that to me as much as I say that to you, because this is very, very tough for me to talk about. So, if you've had any of this banging around, knocking around in your spirit, in your head, I challenge you to send me an email. It's russ at digitalaudioproject.com. 
if you want to get, just send an email about it, maybe you've never talked about it, you know, you've never discussed it with anyone, I would challenge you to get a counselor first. I think that's the most important thing. You pay, a, get a professional counselor and find out a good professional counselor, not just any nut job wacko that you find in the newspaper or something like that. I would ask around and try and find a good counselor to talk about this stuff with. It's that important. If you think of your Holy Spirit that God's placed inside you, that inner piece of you, that part of your soul that's inside you, needs to heal. Oh, the show is a little intense. Letting you into a little bit more of who I am and my levels of shame that I still deal with to this very day that I still maybe paste on that tough guy attitude and that hostile reactionary maybe I bury myself in my work hide in the computer or whatever it is I'm doing just don't look at me don't ask me to uh don't ask me to screw up again. If you just you just let me park over here and I'll just not fuck things up. Sorry if I'm a little bit uh, verbal, but uh, this this uh, this is not an easy subject to talk about. So I would hide. Still to this day, I, I hide to a certain degree and. When I heard to her talking about that new level of shame that maybe I identified from all the way back to when I was a, a kid, it brought something to me, and I uh, I didn't know how to deal with it. I pray that you deal with that stuff, that you address it, pray about it, do something. But don't let it sit there and fester inside you. Until next week, challenging you to break out, break out of that prison. This is some of the hard pan stuff, folks. This is some of the dirt, some of the bad, crappy stuff down in there. You gotta go through it, man. You gotta address this stuff. I'm saying that to me too, folks. This is not easy. It's not easy to do. The website is digitalaudioproject.com. Send me an email, russ at digitalaudioproject.com. If you can make a donation, I would certainly appreciate it. Keep this thing on the air. Keep it, uh, keep it going. Keep this message out there. You can go to the website or you can uh, send me a donation in the mail. It's Russ Shaw, P.O. Box 2526 Everett, Washington 98208 Till next week Keep going. Keep digging. Keep breaking out of this prison. Every thought every point of your will needs to be thinking of getting free breaking out Thanks again for listening.